Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Nile Nine Podcast. It's me, Andrea Cleary, joined by Luke Sharkey. Hello. Nile is on his holidays, but never fear. We are here to talk about songs from Efterklang, Wiki, and two Irish albums this week from Derma Kennedy and Girl Band. A big week. It's very exciting. So how have you been, Luke? What, what have you been doing in the past week? Anything interesting? Um, I have been up to some good stuff, mostly spinning plates here in the office. Um, okay. When I was away, there's a lot of plates to spin. Mm. Um, other than that... I was lucky enough to go catch Dylan Moran on Tuesday, and which was, was fantastic. Yeah, he's still so funny, um, which is great. And I'd never seen him before live, which is, so it was really nice to go and catch him. Go Where was trail. he playing? It was in the Vicar Street. Vicar Street. And I thought I was going to get that experience. Like I'd seen on so many stand-up sort of uh, videos throughout the year of like Irish people sitting around the tables in Vicar Street. And I was so looking forward to that. Yeah. And then we had a seat up on the balcony. So oh, slightly devastated. I, re- I really like Vicar Street for comedy gigs. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. It's, a re- it's, a, it's kind of a nice setting. I think it, it suits better than the Olympia or worse again, the three arena. Yeah, no, I've, I've never seen a comedy gig in an arena. I don't th- I feel like the delay on it will be too much. Yeah. Like you're, there's too much like time between that. No, I wouldn't be able for it. Yeah, that's for like the reserve for the superstar comedians like uh, Kevin Hart or whatever. Comedians that I'm largely Not uninterested in. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, so you went to a march? Yes, I was at the Climate Strike March last yes. Friday doing it for Greta and me and about 25,000 other people f- turned up, Irish people, and it was fantastic. Um, I was a little bit late to the march, but joined everybody at Marion Square, heard a lot of the speeches, really nice to hear. Um, there was quite a big portion of people from sort of primary school, like 10, 11, 12 year olds kind of giving little 30 second speeches, oh. which was really nice. Um, a lot of calling out of Leo Good. Um, and the Irish government in general, which I think is well deserved and thoroughly justified. 
and it was uh, just really nice. It was really nice to see so many people turn out and, you know, funny enough for a climate change kind of strike, the weather was absolutely beautiful. Was <laughs> the <laughs> sun was splitting the stones. Um, well, so. I suppose that's probably part of the problem. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how weather works. But um, yeah, I, it led quite nicely into culture night because it, it seemed like a real day. I wasn't at the climate uh, strike because I didn't strike from work because I had to go from work. I'm very sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, that kind of, I think there was just a massive buzz and sense of community, like uh, residual from the climate strike. And then when I did join the city center for culture night that night, it already felt like it was electric yeah. in the air. Do you I, know? I a hundred percent agree. I think yeah. Dublin was alive the whole it day. It was. Yeah. And did you, did you get your share of culture? I got some culture. Yes. Uh, some culture, some not culture. So um, I started off in the science gallery and they have a exhibition on right now called Perfection. And it, it's brilliant. I've heard great things. It is really, really brilliant. Um, it's about kind of our, our perception of what perfection is. A lot about societal standards of beauty, um, about self-image, self-love, self-care, all the selves. And it was ge- genuinely really moving, even though... It was obviously packed because it's culture night and you're sort of having this experience while there's like hundreds of people around you. It's not exactly a quiet gallery moment, but um, yeah, really, really, really great. And then we moseyed on over to the National Gallery. Um, So it, it was my idea not really to see that much music on culture night, which is, I know, probably not what you would expect, but it's like, I see music a lot during the year yeah, so, but it's not often I get to go to the National Gallery at night time so decided to go over there for the what was going Sa- on Sorolla who is a Spanish painter I probably pronounced that wrong I didn't know him before but he's I think known as the master of light and it was like beautiful really kind of impressionistic paintings and he's known as the master of light because when you're looking at one of his paintings it looks like someone's shining a torch on it or like it's lit in some way, but it isn't. It's just the paint doing that. It's incredible. It looks wow. like it's lit from the back. It's like absolutely incredible. I'd really recommend people to go see it. And it was like, you know, discounted. So I actually got to go to it. And yeah, Culture Night is, is nice for things like that if you can't really afford to go to the, like the expensive it's a, stuff. It's a very inclusive festival. It is. Which is one of the reasons why I love it so much. Yeah. There's, no, there's no real um, pay barrier. No, to, no. To like, I mean, I, I saw that exhibition for a fiver. Then the science gallery one was free. Yeah. We got a free drink in the science gallery one, which is lovely oh, as well. Oh, very nice. Um, and then we went to, we just stumbled upon um, some hoopla at Dame Street yeah. and saw everybody looking up. And we were like, well, what's going on here? And there's kind of like bassy tones started and I really didn't know what was going to happen and then all of a sudden there's these I think four or five people up on a crane um, and then they drop down and they do this like aerial acrobatic stuff and I I thought it was really really beautiful but I do wish that I'd watched a video of it after the fact rather than watching it live because <laughs> my anxiety was through the roof watching them like I, I know the professionals but I was still like oh my god you no sa- really are was there a safety net or I don't know I wasn't up that far like I was back quite a bit and Dame Street was packed like, because they pedestrianised the entire street they did the night. Yeah. yeah yeah and I mean the irony was you couldn't move on the thing because <laughs> it was just <laughs> completely taken over but um, 
it was really really stunning it was amazing um and then when they all dropped down they had like the cultured night colors and so it, cool. yeah and it, it felt like a real kind of moment was there like an led element to the performance like a like a projection or s- screen yeah i think there was on the side of the crane but i couldn't see it okay um be- because of where i was standing i could only really see them doing their bit um but like really, really great. You went for a later performance of yeah, that, and it I was think cancelled. there was three, and I swung by because I swung by at nine, I think, and mm. the last one, I think, and it had been called off. There was just a sort of a man in a high vis with a megaphone saying, "Due to high wind, we can't do the show." Well, yeah. So I, uh, I'm glad they on. made the decision not to go ahead with it. <laughs> <laughs> As if it wasn't edgy enough to begin with, we're yeah. going to do it in gale winds. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, and then I think that's where largely the culture stopped um and then i went to the gin palace for a drink which is one of the best bars in dublin the gin palace gin palace on um what street is it um abbey street around there near near jervis shopping center yeah best gin um and then i went along to pure shores uh louise burton and mick's uh mick la galaxy was in wigwam um yeah in wigwam and that was brilliant it was my first time there um it was kind of everything i wanted and more really inclusive really brilliant pop tunes just danced the whole night and uh saw our good, good friend neither and i in there at some point in the evening as yeah, well yeah he, so, he disappeared uh, from his own gig yeah, um, to yeah. Go, to go now there, you know yeah. where he went <laughs> <laughs> that was my culture night what, what did you get up fantastic to? i i was um a lot less cool than you i, I, was, I don't know I, I just held it down at workman's for the neither nine gig okay um that's, we, it, that's cool we hosted um a free gig and we had silverbacks and gif and odd morris and also tpm's traditional uh sort of alternative to what they usually do called the Mary Wallopers play um so I mostly I was there kind of held down there for the night it was fantastic fantastic gig and like a lot of football which was fantastic I think mm-hmm. obviously it being free incentivizes people to come and uh the workman's was absolutely packed Brilliant. and I think a special highlight was we had the Mary Wallopers play sort of after most of the main bands had wrapped up and they played you know the, the bar beside the actual venue yeah they played like in the space to the left of that and it was absolutely jammered. Like you just could not, like there was maybe 100, 150 people just squeezed into that space. That's lovely because that area is like a little, like uh, like little cubby hole or something. Exactly, it's very yeah. intimate there. And yeah. they just had like a wee small PA system set up, played through that and it was amazing myself. Niall was there, but I, I, he was across the room. He might as well have been a million miles away. There was no way I was ever going to reach him. So I was with one of our other writers, Kelly. Yes. And we were like right beside the lads. And Brilliant. Just great gig. Great, it was like trad music, but with a real sort of modern, almost punkish aesthetic. It was, it was fantastic. Brilliant. I've heard such good things about the Mary Wallopers, and I really want to catch I, them. I would, anybody listening, I would, like, I would so recommend really? Mary Wallopers. If you get a chance to see them, go see them. Okay, great. So that was my culture night. Not, yeah. not as cultured as yours. You mentioned before we started recording some news. So I'll, I'll preface this by saying that I haven't been at the music news today at all, because I've just been, you know, head down in work or whatever. By saying that there might be some issues with the Kanye West album tomorrow. So, Jesus is King, Kanye West's next album, mm-hmm. supposed to drop tomorrow, all supposed to drop tomorrow. And then a report comes out, um, and everybody's covered this report, sort of Rolling Stone, Fader, everybody's saying that a source close to a magazine, Variety magazine, is the, where the original report came from, has claimed that the album will not be coming out tomorrow. Another delay. Um, Kanye West's album has delays and other news water is wet mm-hmm. except there's a twist here uh, and a very interesting twist Kim Kardashian who is you know apart from being Kanye West's wife his de facto publicist at this yeah. point 
has retweeted a tweet with a picture from a strange Twitter account. We'll get onto that later. Yeah. Saying that the album is still coming out. It says, the tweet says, two more days, Jesus is king. And a picture of what looks like one of the Kardashian West children pointing at the finger saying, two. So this is a strange story because, well, I'm, I'm like, it's not that surprising to hear that, you know, there's going to be a delay with a Kanye album yeah. or that there's a little bit of a question mark about, about the album. But it's, I guess, the lack of clarity from anybody from anybody like and then tell me about this twitter account because this is wild this is this is just a twitter account uh called colin and it's at colin it's at colin Colin ags and this man or this woman it could be we don't know it's a totally anonymous has two and a half thousand twitter followers two of which are Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. So that's wild because Kanye doesn't follow anybody. Yeah, which, like. is, which is just wild. And all this Twitter account, this anonymous Twitter account does is post about sort of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West and retweet stuff from them, about them. And he and or she, we actually don't know, has put up this picture saying it's out in two days. And Kim Kardashian almost in spite of the report saying the album isn't coming out, has reposted onto her Twitter account. It's so strange. So she retweeted this tweet after the piece came out. After the story broke, saying... The story basically said that Def Jam, who are Kanye West's label, who everybody knows Kanye has a ton of issues with, mm. went to Kanye's Wyoming gaff and had a meeting. Nobody's, everybody's being very tight-lipped about what happened in the meeting, but the end result was that after this meeting... The album wasn't coming out tomorrow. There was a delay. So obviously there was some sort of friction or disagreement about the album. Maybe they weren't expecting it to be gospel themed. I do think it's going to be a gospel album. Yeah, I, I would assume Jesus so. is king. Lot, I'm hoping it is. Because people had originally built it as Jesus Take Two. Mm. And I think when it was called The Andy, I believed that more so <laughs> Me than... Me too, yeah. I don't know if it's the same album. and But apparently it's not coming out. And then once that story broke, Kim went and retweeted this tweet, which flies directly in the face of that story. And who do you believe? Like an anonymous source or Kanye West's wife? It's so strange. It's, yeah, it's weird because I guess the thing is we haven't heard from Kanye yeah. about this album once really. Like there's no, when, when the album was announced, it was via Kim Kardashian's Twitter. Yeah. A picture of the track list with just Jesus is King, uh, September 27th yeah. or whatever it was. And there's been nothing from Kanye. Like, obviously, you're not expecting a whole lot of promotion, but it's just, it's, yeah, it's striking me as strange now that there's the day before there's all this, like, dubious... Is it, I, isn't. It, is is this the promotion? Yeah. Is this it? This is some avant-garde promotion, if it is the promotion, very 21st century. Is this what would happen to all artists, though, if they just didn't have social media presence to say what was actually going on? I mean... yeah. Like this, the, the the big voice missing from this whole debacle is Kanye. Like he hasn't said anything about it, and I wonder if there weren't like if you like with the likes of Frank Ocean and stuff like that. If you weren't active on social media, people can just say anything and break a story about you, and you're not going to come out and say it's not true. Mm. It's crazy. I just find this Colin thing very strange. Ka- Kanye follows two hundred and sixty-six people, and they're all like super mega famous yeah. stars. Or like fashion this designers and stuff. Followers. This person has two and a half thousand followers, That's and this is nothing. one of them. No information. Like, we're just gonna throw it out. A hot take. Is it like a second Kanye account? Is, is it, it Kanye? A secret Kanye account. See, that's what I love so much about this story is that I'm so excited. <laughs> it combines all my favorite things: Kanye West and Kim Kardashian, 
and conspiracy theories. <laughs> it's wicked. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess we're obviously going to have to wait and see tomorrow if the album comes out. Yeah. What are you expecting from it? From the album, mm. I, I expect it to be amazing. Um, Do you? Absolutely, yeah. I think, I think he seems to have spent the last year kind of getting right and also very importantly actually continually playing music live he's Mm. like he's doing the sunday service thing relentlessly across the country and i know there's always a big question mark when people find god and they do that album or Mm. they do that stage in their lives is always a big yeah but i think it will be a gospel album a gospel themed album i don't know in what way how do you square that with like his releases last year were so sexual all the stuff he did last and then it's like all of a sudden it's Jesus is king. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like Kanye has always been a spiritual artist and a, like a, in ways a religious artist. Like I think, I think God has always been there in, in, in his music. So I, I, I'm trying to stop myself from expecting an album of ultralight theme because I, that's what I want. I know that is that's that what, what you I want. want. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously variations of that, but that level of kind of, spiritual connectedness to god whatever it was that chance was trying to do um yeah. on his let's just his, call his, a spade a spade uh, the failure of an album that he had his, his, his yeah his wifey his wifey expedition <laughs> exactly yeah the i love my wife album so i like i i don't know i don't know what to expect in terms of collaborations if yeah. it's going to be i hope it isn't um i hope there's not too many collaborations on it mostly just because i have big album release collaboration fatigue at this stage yeah it's such it's become such a thing 2019 Isn't and 2018 as well 2019 especially just yeah. so many superstar releases with like everybody's on it yeah like i i was getting a bit sick of like pop albums coming out and it's just it's that artist but it's also just here's 10 tracks with 10 other artists on it i'm just getting a bit tired of it and then the lana del rey album came out with like very very like minimal collaboration yeah. on that and i was like yeah no this this just works better for a big a big pop release so i think that's why i might be a little bit nervous about like a lot of collaboration on the album having said that i think kanye more times than not tends to do well he sticks the landing yeah mostly yeah and he's he's not afraid to give the best verses to other people or to let other people no. do their best on his no. tracks. I think that the most iconic Kanye lines are often the worst lines in the song. I Absolutely. Think if you have a track of Kanye just spitting bars, there's always going to be a couple of lines that you get like, a, you know, you left the fridge open and someone took a sandwich. You're <laughs> always going to get one of those. And they're the ones, you know, nobody goes for it. They're yeah. straight out of <laughs> Kanye's soul. They're the beautiful lines. You know what I mean? Does he have a ghostwriter? You think so? Oh, he has many, I think. Yeah. I think he has many. Um, and I think you can always, I think you can tell when it's like real Kanye versus maybe the slightly more polished like stuff, you know? Okay, yeah. Um, I know like my, my my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. One day I will actually say the acronym for that correctly because I always mix up the, the adjectives. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> in what order they come. But I know there was a big team on that. Like right. in terms of producing arrangements and in the lyrics, it was like a whole... And that's your favorite of his albums. That's my favorite album of all time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but uh, I think that's... <sighs> It's kind of okay though, isn't it? Because Kanye, it's 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 not for me anyway. It's not so much his rapping that I love. No. You know, that's that's like way down on the list of yeah. things that I love about Kanye. I I love him so much as a producer. Yeah. Like I just think that he creates such interesting worlds in his music, and I think he's a great albums artist. 
when he gets it right, he's a really, really good albums artist. And so I, I hope when you're coming out with something called Jesus is King, wow. like yeah. it's it's such a powerful statement. I'm just I'm expecting a lot. I'm afraid to expect a lot. <laughs> and now I'm afraid it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, well I, I I suppose I could stomach it not happening tomorrow as long as it's not a Yandy thing where it, it just doesn't happen just and doesn't then happen it just never all. happens. I know. I mean, uh, remember we got five albums? Yeah, last year. Remember those days? But I, I remember <laughs> I remember um after the life of Pablo, he had he had he said he had a video game and two albums in the works. Mm-hmm. There's an album he was supposed to have called the uh, Turbo Graphics 32, <laughs> and that just never happened. I'm still waiting for Turbo oh Graphics. My God. I want Drop that album. Th- Turbo Graphics 32, <laughs> Kanye. What the hell? Um, but whether it's tomorrow or in a couple of months' time, I'm sure it's going to be at least a, an interesting listen. Yes, definitely. Will we talk about some music that has come out? Absolutely. Okay, uh, what's our first track on our Songs of the Week? It's your pick. So, um, this first track is from um, Danish group Efterklang, indie rock group, um, and this is taken from their new album, Altid Salmon, and the track is Super Tanker. So, we'll have a little listen. Great. Lamen hinger for innen der Kalt. Super Tanker stoi So that was Super Tanker by Afterclang, taken from their new album Altid Salmon. Um, I've really been enjoying this album. I think I've been on a little bit of an autumnal vibe binge. Um, been really. You are in- talking to the right person, my yeah, friend. <laughs> I've, been, I've been embracing the season, um, changing my color schemes and also changing my music listening habits, getting into kind of slower, more cinematic, down-tempo music. You might even go as far to call it moody. Mm-hmm. This track is one of the singles off the new album. Um, really great album listen, but this track in particular I think stands out as a single. Um, lead, the lead vocalist has kind of a great kind of very ethereal very nasal way of singing which I really really enjoy and it's just built upon really nice there's horns in there really kind of quiet meandering guitars the kind of moody bass line it's a really really nice really nice track I think moody is definitely the the it hits the nail on the head with that I do really really like his vocals I don't know them at all I only know this track um, and I I like the way the track isn't afraid to just kind of be two tracks. Yeah. Like it sort of just sw- switches up towards the end. It's it's long enough, isn't it? It's like six minutes or something. Yeah, it's and, long um, Yeah, it's not afraid to just be like, okay, now, now we're doing this thing. Uh, they seem like a really interesting band. Um, I'm going to definitely check out that album. Yeah. Especially and if it's got an autumn vibe to it. Oh, it's very autumnal. Mm-hmm. And I think it's nice to listen to music that isn't in English. The lyrics aren't in English. I, yeah. think, I think sometimes that works. And I think if you only listen to English-speaking music, you miss out on a lot of stuff from like Scandinavia or from parts of Europe yeah. that aren't English-speaking. You miss out on a lot of great music. Yeah, so, it yeah. goes beyond Sigur Ross people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's more out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so moving on, our next track is from the collaborative album between Quivine O'Reilly and Thomas Bartlett, also known as Doveman. Um, it's a self-titled album and the pair have worked together plenty in their efforts as the gloaming. Um, this track is called Wanderer and uh, we'll give you a listen to it now. Wanderer 
So what did you think about that? I found this really, really moving. I, yeah, it's, I always find it hard when it's the gloaming or it's, you know, variations thereof um, to kind of put into words what it is that I feel about it. But I think I experienced, as close as I've ever experienced ASMR while listening to this track. Yeah. It wasn't quite ASMR, but there was something there. I, I just, I love that tone of how you can hear like every single string on the bow when it's going across yeah. the, um, I don't know if you technically call it a violin or a fiddle in this situation, but um, yeah, it's it's such a beautiful track that really, really takes its time. It I feel like they're great at trusting their listeners to just yeah. give themselves over and bring them on a little small journey. And um, yeah, I mean, I was listening to it in, in the Latin rain on, on my way here and it was the thing that got me through walking in the Latin rain. It was actually a nice little moment I had on my yeah. way over. But yeah, I, I think this is really beautiful, really strong and really kind of trusting of its, of its listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the album, because it's so understated and this song, especially because it's so understated in a way mm. it's been kind of uh, slept on a little bit like the album came out a couple of weeks ago and certainly i maybe gave it a precursory listen and then you know move on listen to something else and it's mm. only you know going back and taking the time to listen to it that it's really kind of captured my attention and my imagination it's really fantastic and i think it's interesting i'm thinking about how it differs to the gloaming's material mm. you know because with the gloaming you have just a slightly more stronger conservative trad influence in there. Yeah. Martin Hayes, especially, it's all he's known. Whereas Quivine, I know especially, he likes to kind of take that trad sound right out into more contemporary classical sounds, yeah. which I think this album is great at. And I think Thomas Bartlett, who is also Doveman, who plays piano for The Gloaming, he gets to be far more expressive in the way that he plays. And this song is a great example of that. Like the piano is such a strong influence in this song. It's, yeah. It is. I think it's, it's a bit more cinematic than you'd usually get from the gloaming say i could definitely see this being like a an accompaniment to some kind of like short video or something yeah. you know if it was it was really kind of impressionistic and but not like you said not not in that more traditional trad way definitely more of like contemporary expressive just going along with an idea way it sounded like it was improvisation yeah which i liked a lot yeah because um, it felt like it, it it started with one idea and then it just grew and expanded yeah um not into this big massive sound or anything but just it just grew on its own little journey um which i just thought was really lovely yeah, yeah really sweet yeah very nice wow. um so our last song is going to be eggs by new york based mc wiki so let's have a listen Young C's of the crowd please the town leader in the round theater when the town needed most to assassinate my character with all the shit that you say at two brute stabbed in the back two shade through your shade but they won't please about me name me after the fade you too that was eggs by wiki and that track is produced by madlib what did you think i really 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 like this it's so high energy yeah and humorous and funny i love the flow in it i love the tone of his voice it reminded me of Doom's mm Food yeah. album. I love how it's impossible to Google because <laughs> you look Wiki up eggs. Wiki eggs. <laughs> it's like nothing on it. You're into like the seventh page of results. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Re really, really cool. High energy song. Um, lyrically, like the, the, the flow is 
really, really cool. He's he's he hits like a really nice stride in the middle-ish where he he does kind of remind me a little bit of Doom in his in the way that his words are kind of flowing. But uh, you're obviously a fan of this, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I love this. I he had a song off his debut solo release called Mayor, mm-hmm. which I caught through one probably a Spotify Discover Weekly. And that's, I love that track and many people probably know that track. He's actually a part of a band or a group, hip hop group called Rat King, which is perhaps he's most well known for. But this song in particular, I really like, I think you just can't really go wrong with Mad Lib. Mm. I mean, like the album he did with Freddie Gibbs earlier this year is so good as well. He's just, he's probably one of the best hip hop producers out there. And I don't know, I love, I love, um, I love the MC's voice and I love the flow. Yeah, and lyric, I think it's great. Mm. And I love that his voice does kind of, it's not like a lot of rappers try to go quite smooth with their delivery and flow where, you know, Wiki's voice like really pops out of the mix. It's yeah, really, it's kind of frantic or something. Yeah, it's so animated. Yeah. Um, which I really, really, I really enjoy. It's kind of a nice, refreshing uh, change of pace. And also it's it's not like, there's nothing to, it's a kind of a no frills approach to spitting bars. Like he's just, he's yeah. just rapping. There's no like mad kick drums that like consume the mix or like mad high hats and all this kind of theatrical And it's stuff. not all it's, that cool. Yeah. It's just, just sort of like, yeah, an energetic and like excited sounding. Yeah. It's not like, here's a cool rap song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a big week for albums. It's a huge week for Irish albums and we're going to be tackling two of them. Absolutely. We're going to be talking about both Girl Band and Dermo Kennedy. Uh, up first is, I think, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to withhold uh, my opinion on it, where it's Girl Band, the talkies. Absolutely. Um, and again, yeah, two albums this week that you could imagine when the choice prize rolls around, names would be at least considered strongly. Two, yeah. two big, totally opposite albums, but two huge Irish bands. Um, Girl Bands Talkies, their second album. Um, it's fantastic to be able to talk to somebody about this. I've been cooped up with this album for the past month listening mm-hmm. to it, and nobody, obviously nobody else has heard it, so it's nice to be able to chat to somebody about it. Um, I'm a big, big fan. Um, the album, I was lucky enough to chat to guitarist Alan Duggan beforehand and he kind of walked me through the process. The album was kind of written over the space of three years, you know, with their hiatus kind of over a year that they had to take for, you know, mental health reasons, kind of right in the middle there. And they were kind of recorded in three, sep- three separate outings. Um, Ball and Tubbert House was where most of the recording was done in November of 2018. Um, and I think the album... I think I think it's really really strong. I would say, and I've been dying to say this, somebody, I would say it's probably my favorite Irish release of the year so far. Oh wow! Yeah, high praise. Yeah. So I think with Girl Band, Niall and I have talked a lot about Girl Band on the podcast in kind of various guises, whether it's about their singles or just about the Irish music scene in general, or even you know when you're talking about bands like Fontaine's DC and the Murder Capital and Girl Girl Band have been a, a name that is come up over and over and over again as being you know this high influence on this new generation really of of um of rock 
mostly male rock um but it, as uh, it's just kind of being this like starting point and i remember when all the talk about fontaine's dc especially when all of that was kind of breaking and you know they were being written about in like the the new york times and everything was like really 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 huge i was just thinking what's what's going to happen when girl band come back you <laughs> yeah. know um what's it going to be like because i think that they're returning to a different scene now they're yeah. re- they're returning to the scene as having influenced quite a lot of it um and i think for the first time ever their contemporaries kind of in in a way sound like them um so it 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 positions them differently i think but what i was delighted about with this album is that much like the first time I listened to their first album or the first time I've I've heard any of their music for the first time I just had such a unique response to it that I just I don't get with other music and it's not always nice it's not always enjoyable but it's it's always really really evocative and emotive and it always really does just kind of punch you hard yeah so i think you know that that coupled with the idea that in in the same way as you i've i've had the album for for a while now and it's just been this kind of little secret that i've just been listening to and that sort of you know underlined the personal experience that i've been having with the album because I, I was dreading the discourse around it, to be honest. I was dreading the, them coming back and then everybody having an opinion on this and that and the other and just kind of ha- having a repeat of conversations we've had this year over and over and over again about about different bands. So it actually was really, really nice to get it early and to really just spend time with it on my own. Yeah. Because I think that's how girl band, I think that's how they work best. Even though uh contradictory um when you're at a live show and it's that big kind of you know communal like pulsating energy that you get from an entire entire room of people i still think that when you listen to girl band you go through something quite personal yeah yeah maybe i don't know maybe just me (laughs) I, i totally agree yeah um it is and it's strange that such a hype is built up around them, considering how vastly uncommercial the entire album is. Mm. It's not it's not catchy in any way. It's not it's never something that's gonna sell to the masses. No. And in that way, I think they're completely opposite to Fontaine's, especially and the murder capital. They yeah. don't search share similarities there. Mm. It's just like they're the only three famous guitar bands in Ireland yeah. at the moment. You know, yeah. it, it, it's kind of that vibe. But I think definitely, yeah, it is the girl band especially, it's not it's not it's not glitzy it's a very much a personal listen um and i think like i mean i don't know i i i i really enjoy the album and i've been very lucky to be exposed to it so much i think like even the opening track which is prolix which is the sound of um dara the lead singer he's just having a panic attack and they Mm -hmm. record that and you listen to something like that and it, it I just don't know anybody else who's making music like that. And like you said, it's not necessarily always a very pleasant response that you have to their music, but it is very unique. And it's challenging, yeah. for sure. Oh, it's definitely challenging. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a couple of tracks. I know Salmon of Knowledge um, and maybe 
prefab castle maybe laggard one both of those tracks are seven eight minutes long mm. and really dense instrumentals very abrasive um and there's there's one of the one of the tracks i think it's salmon of knowledge it's just dara for about two minutes going like jesus yeah jesus <laughs> just over and over it's almost like i i feel like their music is quite to me it's quite humorous and it's like they're in on the joke though it's not like it's not like the joke is above them they're like they're super in on that joke and it's almost like they're like kind of giggling at the people like creating so much hype about them and they're just like yeah we're just gonna stick in this two minute bit of me saying jesus jesus yeah. I to wind people up i think that's what i enjoyed a, a lot about this is that you know musically it's obviously accomplished and and complex yeah but it doesn't kind of stand 10 feet tall and ask to be taken oh so seriously do you know there's no like i never feel like i i I never felt while listening to it that i had to really you know put on my musicology hat and think you know oh well what he's doing there is very interesting and isn't that an interesting take on this it's just an assault of feeling and and some of that feeling is humor and some of it is is also you know panic and anguish and it's sort of like breaking down all of the base human emotions. It made me think a lot about Tom York's album from earlier this year, Anima, in that I felt like it it just sort of passed over having a conversation with you, the listener, and just gets straight into like your subconscious. And it it doesn't waste time trying to, you know, I, yeah, it, it doesn't waste time trying to be clever or trying to have like, you know, interest, like... I'm not saying it doesn't have interesting turns of phrases, but it's not it's not hung up on being clever. Absolutely not. Like it well, I mean the the song about the palindromes, that's obviously very, very funny. Yeah. But it's not it's not like this kind of beard stroking, like it's not aloof in any way. Yeah. Yeah, it everything about it is one hundred percent sincere. And I think that that's what makes them such a such a believable and such a believable hardcore act given that hardcore has as a as a genre that you know people are actively engaging with it's been a while since i've had like all of the hardcore bands that i have listened to throughout my whole life have all been bands that were big before i was born yeah long long ago yeah a really long time ago whereas now it's kind of like yeah i i don't know like musically there's obviously it is a bit different. There's, I I did find it a little bit more accessible melodically than their previous album. There are moments in it where like there's a groove here, there's a clean melodic sound there. Yeah, you even get a melody out of Dara every now and again. Yeah, but then it always ends up just. It's kind of like there's there's too much going on at once. Yeah. N- not in a bad way, but it's it it ends up sounding like a pair of runners and a washing machine at the end it's just like bam you know uh, too much is going on at once which is what happens in your own head all the time yeah absolutely and that's what the exact feeling is do you know yeah i know exactly what you mean Mm. and in that way the album is so self-aware I mean, you definitely could, as you said, put on your musicology cap and talk about like, you know, the guitar tone and going Norway, that pulsing sound. And you could get, you could spend so long getting into that. But I think ultimately the band are saying like all of this hype and all of this, like getting in, assessing music, that just doesn't matter. It's about how it makes you feel and Mm. how you experience it and everything else is kind of secondary to that, which I love them for. And I think 
when you hear people talk about girl bands, sometimes people preach them from some sort of pedestal, like they're the second coming of Christ. Mm. It's almost like you get you, in your head or you imagine a totally different band to what they end up actually sounding I and being agree. like. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's totally different. They're just not those people at all. I don't think they're interested in being those people. No. Um, and it's very honest, sometimes very funny, sometimes tragically sad music. Yeah. And I think, I think that also goes, goes, goes far in, in, in the lyrics as well. Like it's not, the lyrics aren't really asking to be understood they're just kind of asking to be heard yeah it's like this is what i have to say i'm not asking you to like pour through it as if it's a joyce novel (laughs) 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 no shade but but i just want to be heard like this is this is just the experience of of what this song is, is what's happening with this song while it's being written and it's that sort of i don't know like immediacy in it that I find so moving about it you know absolutely and I've like like I said I've, I've always had this strange and I've said before on the podcast that I've always had this strange relationship with girl band in that like I don't know I I do find that it like <laughs> listening to them moves me but like it moves me physically as well it's like I have physical reactions to listening yeah. to them and this album turned that up to 11 like yeah. that that first track i found really difficult that, that time that track should almost come with a trigger warning it's it's, it's, Ge- it's genuinely it's, it's yeah like as an anxiety sufferer as somebody who who gets panic attacks like it's just the the intimacy that i have with that bre- that particular breathing technique i felt just so 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 close to it um and i think that like that's what I want my like my hardcore music but also just music in general that's what I really really want from it is that I want to be challenged and it's not like it it's a triggering moment but it's almost like a an externalization of something and seeing something or hearing something that happens to other people yeah. and therefore making you feel not only connected with the person or with the band or with the music, but making you kind of feel less alone in this thing. Um, and I, I know that the band themselves don't really talk that much anymore about, you know, mental health and like publicly like to journalists or anything. But I think that everything that you need to know from them is here. You in know, music, it's, yeah. it's, it's here in the music and it's like, I don't, I'm not interested in in hearing anything other than this because this is, I think, like one of the most vital and accurate expressions of my experience of kind of mental health difficulties and anxiety disorder and and that kind of thing. And I I think definitely the um, the lyrics are worth highlighting throughout. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the strange things about them is that Darden use any 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 pronouns at all throughout the album so there's no i me he she we which gives it a a dissociative vibe at times Mm -hmm. but there's some of the lyrics and like you said they're i don't think they're meant to be read literally i think it's supposed to be more of an almost like an impressionist thing like the feeling you get when you read the lyrics as opposed to the actual meaning of each word but there's a great sort of one of the ones that's one of the couplets that's been stuck in my head for so long is like um it's in going norway and it's uh 
he's like uh it's christ that's mental what is normal christ that's mental what is normal mm -hmm. and it's almost like <laughs> i almost imagine like something you would say out loud saying like oh, christ that's mental and then like the internal dialogue you'd have in your head being like what is normal oh, uh, like yeah, i almost yeah. I, I, like in my head i almost imagine it like that and it's mm -hmm. so i don't know again that's something i never i didn't get the first time or the second or the third time that i listened to the mm -hmm. track it was kind of like 20 listens in i was like oh shit and that's like that's just and again it's not there's no prescribed meaning that's definitely not what he not definitely but that's probably not what he what he meant to intend from that mm. but it's great that the the lyrics are so like that they have that kind of freedom of association that you can kind of bring your own interpretation to it and it's equally as valid it's really and it's really fantastic and again miles away from what the other rock bands in in ireland are doing yeah yeah and i think i yeah i i really like not knowing who the narrator is in the song and I because because you get lovely moments like that where where you're imagining a dialogue between an external and an internal person yeah. without having it explained to you yeah you know without without kind of falling back on any cliches that that that, that might have that that might have associated with it whether it's like you know the pitching up one of the vocals or or having it as a duet in some way or anything they they avoid I mean, it's like they've never heard of cliche. Like this, this is they sound like nothing else, you yeah. know. Or, or they sound like they sound like other things that that have come before, but just completely, completely in their own way. What I'm saying is that they're original, <laughs> yeah, very much so. <laughs> which, which is <laughs> damn hard to do. It damn. is, you know. And I, th I think there's a lot of bands like Irish and abroad that we talk about as being like originals these days, but I don't know anyone really who's doing it yeah. better than, and, uh, than yeah, absolutely. And they they absolutely don't wear their influences on their sleeves. And yeah. music. like obviously they have a lot of influences. But it'd be hard to pick them out. Yeah. Um. I mean, Alan talked to me about techno. And yeah. I'm just like, okay. That's that's <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> today if you're listening on friday so let us know what you think i think and if if it's your first time listening to girl band um good luck and god bless and godspeed <laughs> i guess but yeah um really really happy to have an album this week that i'm super excited about yeah um we have another album out this week absolutely by young dermot kennedy absolutely ireland's kind of big one of the big emerging acts at the moment internationally yeah um and his debut album without fear uh and it's cheating to say that the dermot kennedy album was an album that was just a collection of singles this is his debut studio album without fear great will we take a listen to one of the songs from it absolutely this is going to be moments past Oh! 
it's all down to the thought of her Maybe it's all down to the loss we learned Knew for a long time for all it's worth I wanted to run to you that was Moments Past, an oldie but a goodie, I guess, uh, from Dermot Kennedy. Luke, tell me about this. Tell me about um, this track. So Moments Past is one of his, was the single that introduced me to Dermot Kennedy, the mm-hmm. single that I heard and heard it and actually was like, wow, this guy is a serious, serious artist. Um, I was going through a breakup at the time, so I, I definitely oh, have a sentimental, I have a sentimental attachment to it, definitely. It. But I, I fell for that song and fell for Dermot Kennedy at that point, hook, line and sinker. I'm a little bit, and I know we have a slight differing, I know we have a vastly differing opinion on this album, so I want to get to that, but I want to put in a slight caveat here that I'm a little cheesed up that this album has songs like uh, Moments Past and uh, sort of some of the tracks he's done for Power Over Me as well, some of his older singles, because he did release a compilation called Dermot Kennedy about two or three months ago where he said, like, I just want to put this out here. These are all my release singles to date. This just marks the end of one chapter and the next chapter is going to be all my new material. But there's three or four songs that turned up on this album that are taken off Dermot Kennedy, which I'm a little cheesed off about. Okay. You feel like you haven't got your money's worth with this. I just feel like, I know he's a prolific songwriter. I know he could whip more out of the bag. You don't got to stick with the old stuff, but um, who knows what I guess with a debut, you want to get the big ones on there as well, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you, what do you think? Um, so Dermot Kennedy, I have always, I guess, struggled a little bit with, um, it's hard for me to pinpoint what it is that kind of stops me from giving myself over to him. And I think that's probably my issue is that I've never, I've never really felt the need to really, I've, I've never felt that connected with him. And so I went into this album hoping that I would find something in it um, to grab onto. And I think what I found was his voice, which I guess is probably like, well, well done, Captain Obvious, Andrea Dermot Kennedy has a good voice. <laughs> but I do really think that his voice is, it's something else. Like, it's really, really powerful, really beautiful tone. And I just wish that I liked the songs more yeah, so that I can enjoy the voice. What exactly? Okay, yeah, his voice is fantastic. It's, it's so it, and it's, good. Not only is it so strong, it's so expressive mm. as well. It's never like a flat delivery. Um, but like, what is it about the songs? Are they too poppy? Is it too, is it too acoustic guitar guy? Yeah, it's... So I guess it's that... So the, the album is very, very polished and produced very you know cleanly and definitely like really squeaky clean and i think that was an issue i had with it um i think with his voice it's so gravelly it's so expressive i would have liked to hear a bit more grit in the music to go along with it um i liked the first track a lot um i liked the kind of were they kind of like pitched up vocals in the background of it? It was a bit of a Bonnie Bear Definitely, moment. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm on board with this. And then I didn't really hear much else of that throughout the album. So I was a little bit disappointed by that. Um, I think that, that that's a lovely sound for him. And I wish that he had stayed in that kind of pool yeah. a little bit more. Um, I think Power Over Me is obviously, you know, it's a banger. Like, yeah, it's absolutely. Call Spade Spade. It's an absolute banger. Um but there's, <laughs> there's not much here that I wouldn't be surprised to have heard 
on an Ed Sheeran album. Oh, I knew something new you were going to go there. Okay. And I feel like that's a really obvious thing to say. And it's, yeah, and I'm sorry okay. for saying it, but I genuinely do mean it. And I don't, I don't necessarily mean it in like, like, I, I think Ed Sheeran's a great songwriter. Yeah. But he writes songs like this. And I don't know if, if, um, if these are the songs I want to hear from Dermot Kennedy's voice. I think I just want something a little bit grittier. Fair enough. Something a little bit like to catch on to. But Luke, look, prove me wrong. I know. I think I think like as I as I, I get the, the last of the steam out my ears. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's it is a it is a valid criticism of his work. He does occupy that same genre of guy on acoustic guitar songs. Yes. Uh, and I think that's a totally valid criticism. And I think there is lots of people who won't get over that in his music and that is so fair mm. um and i think there are points on this album that he does fall further into that zone i think rome particularly and i think outnumbered which is the single that he's going with right now the lead single it's what he did in his bbc session that particularly is just weak sauce um yeah. really kind of by the numbers acoustic pop and i think he is at his in his worst moments capable of writing songs like that so yeah, but while I accept that his music, which isn't necessary, like I mean, if you're writing great pop songs, yeah, but just not good Dermot Kennedy songs, yeah. you're probably doing all right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think while it is totally fair to say that his music occupies that same space, I think for me he stands a couple of cuts above the likes of Ed Sheeran or any the of Lewis those Capaldi like or, yeah, Vance yeah. Joy, any of those yeah. people who have come before. Kind of, I think, and for me, a lot of it is he does try different things, and musically there are those sort of like those Bon Iver influences there. There's definitely a hip-hop influence in the way he programs his drums. Um, and I know the drummer from Melty Brains is a full-time drummer and they do an excellent job live. Mm. I think for me though, and this is a hill that I, I, I'm going to die on. I, I, know, I already know I'm going to die on this hill, but um, it's his lyrics. I love his lyrics. And I think they're not faux deep. I think Kennedy actually has a poetic diction and I think he actually has it's it, the 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 stakes in his lyrics are always so high it's always life and death the way he writes about everything it's you know it's always the grandest stuff even if he could be talking about just having a fallen out like a regular falling out with his with his partner and he makes it sound like it's like you know the battle of the ages or like he really puts his heart onto his sleeve in his lyrics and i think he for me most of the time sticks the landing and how he expresses it to me i never i don't cringe i really buy into it mm. um and i'm a cynic I really have no time for this kind of music generally, but I've <laughs> fallen for, I've not necessarily through this album, but even before I've fallen for Dermot Kennedy, I really think that he is special and he does stand out in that genre. And I think like in a world of like rappers talking out their necks and indie bands being more aloof than the average kind of conversation in the smoking area of the Workman's Club, it is fantastic to have somebody like Dermot Kennedy actually just belt it out. Yeah. Uh, and it really, I don't know, I really, I fall for that and, a buy into it. I think this album was kind of the fundamental trajectory of how does he go from being acoustic singer songwriter to a big pop song, big pop song artist, getting that big pop sound. Mm. So like you know his early releases were really just like something you might hear somebody busking on Grafton Street. No, they'd be the best busker on Grafton Street at any time of the day. But it was that kind of song. Mm. Whereas the productions and the arrangements on this album are trying to get that bigger sound, more anthemic. You could, you could see it in like the three arena or even possibly further in his career in a stadium. And um, it is that sound. It does occupy that space. But I think for the most part, he really sticks to landing. And 
yeah, even like I'm so such a jaded cynic, but oh, he he just so he really he, I really get an emotional response from his feel. music. I fall for it. Like yeah, yeah I really do. I think um, you're spot on when you say that his lyrics are the most heightened life or death thing that's ever. You know, it's it's all very, um, I guess, dramatic. Oh, definitely. Um, but I think when you couple that with how dramatic his voice is, and you're doing that for 13 tracks, it just sort of, for me, I lose. I. I I need ebbs and flows there. Like yeah. I need, I need peaks and troughs. Like yeah. I think maybe a couple of tracks interspersed here and there that were a little bit more, maybe a little less high stakes yeah, and a little, a little bit low more. Key. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe something like that or, or, or something of, of that early sound. Um, like I said earlier, something maybe a bit more gritty, a little bit more, um, like authentic sounding a little bit more singer songwritery and less singer songwriter making a pop album. Yeah. Okay. If that I, makes yeah, sense. I see that. Um, I've absolutely no doubt that, you know, he's <laughs> anything, nothing I say is going to stop him becoming absolutely massive. Oh, yeah. Like, like well, he's already like, he's got he's, stands. Oh, he's, he's huge. He's, he's huge. huge. Like, and I guess I can, I guess I can understand why he's huge in the same way that I can understand why Lewis Capaldi's huge. Yeah. Who, who I like a lot as a yeah. guy. Um, but I think maybe there's just a disconnect between me and this particular style of music. And I, I, I don't want to be kind of derivative and say, you know, oh, it's, a, it's just another white guy with an acoustic guitar because some of my favorite artists are white guys with acoustic guitars. But, um, yeah, I think maybe it's maybe how polished the album is um, I, I puts agree, one little I agree with you removal there. step I, between I think us. It was that ambition of trying to make it a big pop album mm. that in many ways is accounts for some of the album's biggest flaws. Yeah. I think it would have been would have benefited from a little more dirt, a little more grit. I think so. Um, I think the the pitched vocals and the autotune sounds are something he should definitely be exploring. I think so too. I um, think those were my favorite moments in the album. Those were the moments where I was like, I want, I want even a whole song of this, yeah. you know, because it, they just come at little moments, and I never really felt like he explored that sound yeah. fully. Yeah. Maybe in the future, maybe this is the album that's going to break, and then he can go off and do his experimental Down second album. I guess. Yeah. Um, probably won't, but. But. Uh, um, yeah. I think, and you're right, there is there is an emotional fatigue you get from, you know, uh, 11, 12 songs of, 12, 13 even, of, you know, life and death. Yes. Definitely there's an emotional fatigue there. Yeah, um, especially when it's paired with such a, such a dramatic kind of vocal, which again, I, I, I think he's probably one of the best singers making music in Ireland. Now, oh yeah. If, if not it's the best. Him, like, Hosier, Lisa Hannigan, probably like the, yeah, in terms of yeah. singers. Um, like re really, really stunning vocal. I remember talking to, um, no encores, Dave Hanready, uh, about Darren McKennedy before. And he was saying to me, I, I was sort of expressing that, you know, I, I'm, I haven't really gotten it yet. Um, and he suggested that I go see him live. Oh my God, he's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Your face lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, see, so I think, I think I should see Have him live. Him? No. I, I went to see him when he did the Vicar Street last year and I was mm. still kind of on the fence about him. People wept oh, openly. Yeah. Like people, I, I, I was in like, I was by myself, completely sober, reviewing a gig. Yeah. And 
Carnage. Crowds <laughs> around me were holding each other and weeping. Wow. People being like, like really emotional stuff. Like, oh, mom would love this and all this kind of stuff. Like weeping. Wow. And like he is just, it was, at this point, he was just belting it out. And it was, I, I, I'd never seen anything like it. Really? I've never seen an artist do something. I'd never seen, in my experience, that happen at a gig. It, okay. was, it was nuts. So I think, yeah, I think I have to see him live um, to, to form my like full opinion on him as an artist. I've been told that by a few people that you do, like everybody feels something when they see him yeah. live, I guess. But as, as a standalone album i think that this this was disappointing for me um in terms of being me hoping that it was going to be the album that gets me into him yeah but i think that's okay um i think for for fans of him like yourself and like all of his stands this is you know this is what they want yeah i guess um is that it's it's got it's got a lot of heart in it it's got big bangers in it and it's got, you know, it's got that voice. For fear of moments stolen, I don't want to say goodnight, but I still see you in the morning. Still know your heart and still know both your eyes. I could have told you about the long nights. I'm no one loves the birds that don't rise. So you can tell the heroes go hide. My sense of wonder is just a little tired. So there are two, there are two, two big albums. We two have Girl Bands, The Talkies, and we have Dermot Kennedy's Without Fear, both released today. Have a listen, let us know what you think. Maybe Kanye's released today, we don't know. We just don't know. If um, Kanye is released today, I will not be seen. I will be, I will be below ground with my headphones and my Spotify. I another album that's being released today is um, 65 Days of Static. Oh yes, the math rock band themselves are coming out with a new album today. Uh, today being Friday and uh, I'm very much looking forward to being nerdy and listening to some post rock again because it's are been you, a while are you, are, you, are you a math rock person? Um, no <laughs> <laughs> that was that was not convincing <laughs> not anymore I guess <laughs> uh, no I guess do you know Six Five Days of Statical? no uh, they're, yeah they're, they're kind of a, a post rock um, band from the US and they've made some of my favourite albums of all time yeah yeah they're really 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 stunning and um kind of like in the same way that we were discussing girl band um really kind of challenging emotional music but um you don't ever have to worry about lyrics so yeah <laughs> so yeah really nice um so that's what i will be listening to but um what have you been listening to reading watching consuming um so i have been really making a concerted effort to get back into reading literature Okay. Um, I've had a prolonged burnout leaving from leaving college. I studied English and there was so much prescribed reading that I think when I left, I just had such a long burnout. And I've kind of stuck my toe in and out. Um, but a book, this is probably the first book in a long time, a couple of years, that's really mm. blown my mind, is um, Gregory David Roberts. Um, Gregory David Roberts, The Mountain Shadow, which is a sequel. Um, it's a novel, the sequel to a book called Shantaram, which is probably my favorite novel, um, okay. about a passport forger. Who, who about a passport forger in Bombay mm-hmm. um, and basically his tale and he falls in with the Indian mafia he escaped from prison in Australia it's a, the, the first book certainly was a semi-autobiographical account from Gregory David Whoa, Roberts it was actually cool. his life um, and it's this epic 1000 page tale of his life and his exploits there 
And this sequel, I feel like slightly might be fibbing a little bit. Okay. Might be more novel than autobi autobiographical, but it's 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 really fantastic. I've been really? I think I've done like four hundred and fifty pages in a week and a half, so I've been glued to it. There's nothing like that book that gets you back into reading. Yeah. Because like, I, I was the same. I, I studied English as well. And I was like, God, if I have to read another... Like when I left, I was like, if I have to read another book, I'll die. But um, yeah, there's nothing like getting back into it. Yeah. It's, yeah. I've been reading... Uh, have you heard of Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? No. Okay. So it's, I guess, half a self-help book and half a guide to how to like live a creative life or something so it's by the lady who wrote um eat pray love okay <laughs> and so like this book has been recommended to me by i don't know how many different people for years um and i've always kind of dismissed it because i'm like i i don't know like self-help books about creativity i'm always a little bit cynical and dubious about because yeah. i'm like you're you know you're ultimately selling a book and you're selling me the idea that i'm good yeah <laughs> it's, it's a selling me a piece of paper that says well done um but i've it literally just a, a copy fell on my desk and work one day and i was just like right fine i'll read it and it's it's a it's a strange read it's an interesting read and it's a bit kind of like mm, so it will talk about like the jewel of creativity that we all have inside us as if it's a physical jewel that yeah. we all have inside us or it would talk about um, the idea that um, creative ideas, whether it's like an idea for your book or a melody for a song or whatever it is, are like real physical things yes. that exist in the universe and they come and meet you and you have to collaborate with them. And if you don't do it in time, they'll move to somebody else. But is this a sake for, uh, for the sake of creating a metaphor in the book or is this how the author genuinely no. so, represents creativity? That's what I thought. No, she believes that they are real physical. Wow. Like, and you physically have to... Meet them. Get this idea. Yeah. yeah. So it's challenging to kind of get your head around that. So I've been enjoying reading the book as, as a metaphor. Every now and then she, she slips in a little line being like, and remember, I'm not speaking metaphorically here. I'm speaking physically. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's, that's quite a challenge there. But um. Yeah, I'm getting through it and it's nice. There's the odd little nugget of just like a creative inspiration or a you can do it. Has it or sparked something. inspiration? The way, um, I, I mean, yeah, I guess a bit. It's just sort of, it's more just interesting to read about other people's creative processes, I think. Yeah. I'm always quite interested in that. And she talks about interviews that she's done with different people and like she interviewed Leonard, Leonard Cohen about his songwriting process and stuff. And, um, I think that's the part of the book that I'm I'm getting a lot out of. But yeah, it's a it's kind of a mad read. Um, other than that, I haven't been watching much, um, and I haven't been listening to much other than these two albums. Yeah. yeah. What about yourself? Watching any telly? I have a music related telly, and mm -hmm. um, to tie in, um, new series on Netflix called Top Boy. Haven't heard of it. Um, it's fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. So it originally aired, two seasons aired in Channel 4, I think in 2011. Mm -hmm. And now they've kind of done a reboot slash follow-on se uh, sequel. There's a series up on Netflix. It's essentially about, um, I'd kind of disparate as in it's interwoven tales as opposed to being about a particular group. Um, gang of, not gang, uh, like a, a, a cast of uh, sort of black youths growing up in South London. Mm -hmm. And their attempts to try and like make a career and make money and you know some are involved in criminality some are not um some of the main characters are kind of drug dealers um 
It's absolutely fantastic. And there's a ton of British rappers in it. The soundtrack Drake did this. Drake did some of the bars for the soundtrack on it. But there's a ton of British actors actually rapping it. So uh, Kano is in it. Dave, who just won the Mercury, is in it. Of course. Yeah. And uh, Little Sims, who released my favorite hip-hop album of the year. She plays a character called Shelly, who I think is probably the best character in it. Wow. Um, it's fantastic. They only have one season. I'm... Probably, I don't get to watch much TV, but I probably watched four or five episodes in the last week. Really, really enjoyed it. Great. Really fantastic. Top Boy, I'd really, really recommend it. Brilliant. Um, I think that's probably it for us this week. I think so. We've done well. We've Two done albums, really well, yeah. Three songs, a Kanye deep dive. It's been a classic podcast. It has been. <laughs> it's been. It's been lovely. And thanks as ever for stepping in while Niall fecks off on a holiday. Thank you. Um, and... Uh, what does Niall do at the end now? Uh, the Patreon. Um, oh, by all means, support us on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Niall or Nine. Niall or Nine, absolutely. Um, we're doing a live podcast on the 13th of October in the Kino in Cork. Please do come along. It's free. It's at 9pm um, and it's going to be a really good time. We'll have more information about what we're doing and what it's going to be about very soon. So keep an eye. And... That's all the things, I think. That is all the yeah. things. Okay. Fantastic. Um, do we have a song to play us out, Luke? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to close out um, with new track from Irish artist Rachel Lavelle uh, after her sort of two or three year extended writing break. This is going to be to close us out, Perpetual Party. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs> Some exotic dream that grips me Some hypnotic dream that lifts me And tips me over the edge Love to me. Thank you.
on a plane, on a train, some kind of neat, meat, cute. I saw it better from the sea, where I began to feel free. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.